0: The sermon text is from Ephesians 6:10 through 11, and 18 through 20. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert to all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me, that words may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to boldly proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. This is the word of the Lord. Well, today we are wrapping up Paul's teaching on spiritual warfare. We've been going through this for about three weeks so far. And if you remember, up to this point, Paul's main teaching has been to tell us that we have an enemy. We have an enemy. Verse 12, we just read it. It says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. We have an enemy. We have a very real enemy, Satan. He is the enemy of God. Now, Ephesians has been all about this great plan that God has. This mysterious plan. This plan for the fullness of time where God's going to unite all things in Jesus. All things in heaven. All things on earth. He's going to bring them together. But our enemy is against that plan. Satan has a very different plan. His plan is for division. It's for separation from God. It's separation from each other. It's a plan for our misery. We are in the midst of a battle. That's the point Paul's been trying to tell us. And so last week, we talked about the armor that we need for that battle. But this week, we are talking about how above all, we need to be in prayer. Because we are in a battle above all else, we need to pray. And that means that my job today is a hard one. Because my goal is not only to convince you that praying is worthwhile. But my goal this morning is to try and wake you up a little bit. My, my prayer this morning is that as we study this passage, God's word might come alive to you in a way that, that you're going to be shaken that you might get a little bit desperate this morning. My my prayer is that His Spirit might actually come and change us this morning so that we become a people who actually pray. So my outline this morning, it's really simple. Point one, we need to pray because we are in a battle. Point two, how do we pray? Point three, what's the purpose of our prayers? That's it. So let's talk about that first one. We need to pray because we are in a battle. You know, I shouldn't have to start each week like this. We shouldn't have to bring this up every single time we talk about spiritual warfare, but we do. The first point has to be we're in a battle. On D-Day, in World War II, they did not need to have someone stationed on the beach whose job it was to remind people they were at war. Right? There wasn't a guy who was like, hey guys, don't forget we're fighting a war. Hey you, the, you're just wearing boxer shorts. Go back, put your armor on. This is a war. No, stop, stop reading the newspaper. It's war right now. Right, Of course, it's absurd. There's no need for that. In the midst of a war, you don't need to be reminded that you're at war. But that is us. That's the church. That's how we act. That's why in our passage right here, Paul says, right after he tells us to pray, he says, keep alert. Keep alert. We are in a spiritual battle and we are not paying attention. Do you know the kind of attack you are under on a daily basis? I'm asking you, do you know it? Jesus, in in John chapter 8, he says the devil is a liar And he is the father of lies. That means his main tactic, it's not that stuff you read about, it's not the stuff you see in movies, his main tactic is to lie. It's to make you believe that God doesn't love you, that he won't forgive you if you come to him in repentance. He wants to make you believe that rejecting his ways and following your own is going to satisfy you. He's a liar. His plan is to discourage you. It's to divide us. It's to destroy the people of God by constantly undercutting the truth of the gospel with lies. Those two simple lies God doesn't love you, and you'll be better off without him. And you know what? It's working. It's working. We are in the midst of a battle and we are taking heavy losses. Do you know? In our city, we are taking heavy losses. Just this week, I I heard about a pastor who, who quit, who a church planner who just gave up because it was too hard. I heard about another church that that folded. After over a decade of of faithful ministry, and both times it was because these guys were discouraged. Because of how hard it was. In our city, we're taking losses. In our church, we're taking losses. Our church is in a rough place right now. And maybe some of you are are newer to our church. I don't want to scare you. (laughs) Maybe somebody's visiting today. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to, to make this uh sound awful but but i've been a pastor here for for over a decade now and i can say without hesitation that this is by far the most difficult time we've ever had we have seen pastors leave the ministry we have seen division in our congregation we have had conflict amongst the leadership and those are just the things i feel comfortable telling you in public (laughs) We're taking losses. We're taking losses as families. So many of our homes are being torn apart by lies. Do you know that? By sin. By conflict. By division. By mistrust and by self-centeredness. The enemy is having his way with us. We're taking losses as individuals. I think there are, are... So many of us who are falling victim to the enemy and they don't even realize it. We just feel defeated. We just feel distant from God and we don't know why. I mean, let me ask you, how many of you are in unrepentant sin right now? How many of you have excused some sin, some area of ungodliness in your life because you're justified? Because you think God doesn't really care that much. Because you think maybe God doesn't notice. How many of you in this room would profess wholeheartedly that you believe the doctrines of Scripture and yet you couldn't honestly tell me that God loves you? You're just not sure. How many of you are despairing? How many of you are defeated? How many of you are overwhelmed? Well, pay attention. Be alert. We are in a battle. We have to fight. We have to pray. I'm convinced that this is the problem. I think that above anything else, our ignorance of the battle is the reason why we don't pray. I know that's not what you would tell me <laughs> if I asked you, hey, you know, why, why don't you pray like you should? That's not what you're going to say. I know what you'll say. You'll say, well, I'm busy. I don't pray because I'm busy. I I wake up at 5 in the morning. I I get my kids ready. I take them to daycare. I work all day. I get home at dinner time. I barely have a moment to breathe. And then I go to sleep and it all starts over again. You say, I don't pray because it just seems ineffective. I, I feel more accomplished when I just start my day. When I just get doing. I feel better when I've got stuff done and prayer feels like doing nothing. Or you say, well, I don't pray because prayer is hard. It's just too hard. I, I can't you don't understand. I can't sit still. I can't focus like that. My mind it just wanders all over the place. I feel like I'm I'm getting nowhere. But I want to tell you, those might be your reasons, but the real reason is you just don't see how serious the circumstances really are. No one is too busy to call an ambulance when someone's dying. But we are letting people die. And we are getting killed because we aren't taking the war seriously. So what's it going to take for us to learn? In the Gospels, Peter He had to learn the hard way. Do you remember that? Do you remember the warning that Jesus gave to Peter at the end of the Gospel of Luke? It's in chapter 22. He says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. But when Peter heard that warning, did he take him seriously? No, he said... Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and even to death. Fast forward to the next scene. They're in the Garden of Gethsemane, and Jesus comes out to them and he says, Watch and pray that you would not fall into temptation. And Peter falls asleep. And shortly thereafter, he denies Jesus three times. The failure that would would have defined his entire life. It reminds me of uh, this story that I heard just the other week. I know you guys have probably seen about the fires that are going on in California. The car fire was really big a a couple of weeks ago. And um, I was listening to this interview with a family. uh, And this guy was talking about how he had seen the news of the fires. And he'd been tracking it pretty closely. He'd been paying attention. But the fire was always a little further off from their house. You know, it was, a, it was just far enough that they felt safe. And so he didn't really take those warnings seriously. And they didn't do anything to prepare their house. They didn't gather up their family photos and take them somewhere safe. And he said in the morning when he woke up, the fire was in his backyard. And all they had time to do was get out and leave. And they lost everything. Well, Peter, he had to have his house burned down before he learned how serious the battle was. But he learned. He did learn. If you go and you look at uh, 1 Peter, Peter's letters when he's writing in his own ministry, you find that by the end of his life, Peter is now the one who is sending out the warnings. He says... Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. You learned the hard way. So what's it going to take for us? What is it going to take for us to learn how to pray? You are in a battle. Thousands have been wounded. You yourself are taking damage right now. The lies of the enemy are all around you. Temptation is pressing in on you. What is it going to take for you to pray? Is your house going to have to burn down first? Will you need to go to the brink like Peter? Or will you heed this warning now? Be alert. Pray. We are in a battle. And we need to pray so how do we do it this is the second thing i want to talk about this morning if you haven't gotten it so far the whole point of this is i want you to pray <laughs> i want you to pray i really actually honestly want you to pray i want you to get on your knees i want you to cry out to god i want you to pray for your own soul I want you to pray for your family. I want you to pray for our church. I want you to pray for our city. I want you to pray for this world. But I know it's hard. It is hard. It really is hard. Prayer is, is natural, but it doesn't come naturally. What I mean by that is we all have the, the prayer instinct in us. right? When, when things get really bad we start to pray. When we're about to die, we naturally start to cry out to somebody somewhere to come help us. Prayer is this natural instinct that lives deep down inside of us. But, but true prayer, this kind of prayer that Paul talks about, doesn't really come naturally. He says that we need to, what does he say, pray at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. He's talking about this constant dialogue A conversation that's always going on with God, a living relationship where where you can talk to Him and and hear from Him. So, how do we do that? Well, there's there's no magic bullet. I've listened to a lot of sermons on prayer, I've read a lot of books on prayer. There's no shortcuts. Prayer takes effort, it's like anything worth doing. (laughs) You're not going to be great at it right when you start. It takes time. It takes work. It takes practice. And there's, there's no way to get around that. But if the situation is like I just said, if the situation is as dire as I just put it, then it is an effort you should make. Amen. It's an effort worth making. So I want to start out here, uh, you know, I'm just going to give you some practical tips. I don't know what else to do. (laughs) I'm going to tell you some things that I think will be helpful for you if you need help trying to pray. I think i got five things here. One, figure out how to be quiet. We read Psalm 62. It says, For God alone my soul waits in what? Silence. He alone is my rock and my salvation. My fortress I shall not be greatly shaken. For God alone this is the prayer part. O oh, my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. That sentiment waiting for the Lord in silence comes up over and over and over in Psalms. Our strength in prayer comes from silence. It comes from waiting. And is there any bigger challenge for us today? We can't even wait silently for the bus. (laughs) How are we supposed to wait silently for God? Most of us, even right now, in church right now, we have a, a little device in our pocket that is already buzzing. And it's trying to tell us the sports scores. It's trying to tell us the news. It's trying to send us text messages. It's trying to give us emails from work and from school. It's trying to get your attention constantly. Flashing lights, loud noises. Is it any wonder that we struggle to pray? Our brains are are hijacked by these things. We are in a noisy and distracting culture all the time. If we want to hear from God, that means we are going to have to try extra hard. If we want to hear from God, we're going to have to relearn how to be quiet. And so I'm going to do something right now, a little exercise with you all. Who has their phone here? Just raise your hand. Let me know if you've got your phone. All right, I want you to, if it's near you, pull it out. Pull it out of your pockets. Let me, let me see that you're, you're telling me the truth. And now what I want you to do is turn it off. Hit the power button. I'll give you the minute to... Put in your passcode and and slide it. I know some of you are faking it right now. I'm watching. Turn it off. How did that feel? Did it feel like something? (laughs) Was it kind of hard? I want to say, I want to challenge you right now. Leave it off for the rest of the service. And I want to challenge you again tomorrow to do that at least for 15 minutes. Just give yourself 15 minutes without the phone and go silently and sit before God without anybody else trying to get your attention. I think the reason a lot of us never get into prayer is because we don't make space for it. We half-heartedly commit, but we're never going to hear from the Lord if we can't get silent, if we've always got somebody else talking to us. All right, so that's point one two pray with some variety you know that sounds really practical but it it is that's what paul says he says praying with all kinds of prayer and supplication ours says with all prayer and supplication but a lot of the translations throw in that word kind to help us understand it yeah we can pray differently we tend to think of prayer as only this thing where we are sitting silently in total silence, where we're not speaking, where everything is happening internally, but that's not necessarily the case. That isn't what Paul has in mind, really. He, he's talking about all kinds of prayer. It takes all different kinds of praying if we're going to fight this fight. A lot of times, my, my best praying is done not alone in my room, silently, but with brothers and sisters my most intimate times of prayer have have often been with with you guys letting people pull me along (laughs) pushing others finding out about jesus through the prayers of others so i want to encourage you pray with other people if you find it hard to pray alone pray in a group grab a sister grab a brother come to a prayer meeting and pray together and if you feel like you struggle to pray, if you don't know how to pray, this is a great way to just listen to other people's prayers and learn. Witness His power through the prayers of somebody else. Another really, another really practical thing, if you have a trouble praying silently, if your mind tends to wander, pray out loud. If you have a trouble sitting still, walk around while you pray. I, I took a week last week to have some time to kind of pray and and clear my thoughts. I went to New York City. And if you had seen me during that time of prayer, you would not have found me in my room uh, quietly. But what you would have seen is uh, me with a set of headphones in that were turned off and just kind of resting in my pocket. (laughs) And I was just talking to God. (laughs) I was talking about how dangerous technology is, right? How distracting it can be. But one benefit we have is we now live in a world where people can walk around and talk to themselves all day long and nobody thinks anything of it. <laughs> so, so I was having a phone call with Jesus for hours <laughs> as I walked through the city and, and nobody looked at me twice. Now, I would encourage you, if you, can't, if you have trouble focusing by yourself, pray out loud. Walk around while you pray. Try to do something, though, to, to learn how to pray. Um... My point is just don't limit yourself if you find it hard you may need to work at it you will need to work at it there's no easy trick but in the meantime find some ways that are easier talk write get in groups whatever all right another thing pray through scripture this is the third thing that helps me if you don't think you're very good at praying you find that your prayers kind of always drift back to the same sort of thing, and then you don't know what to say. I wanna, I'm going to tell you some great news. The book of Psalms is a book full of other people's prayers that you can pray. They're really helpful for me. I mean, and some of these prayers are really specific. <laughs> some of them, they, they speak to your circumstance in a way maybe you would not have thought to. Maybe you say that you you don't pray because you feel like your prayers are, are powerless. Or you feel like God doesn't answer you. Or God doesn't hear you. Or that He's just not paying attention to you. Well, listen to this. This is Psalm 44. Awake! Why are you sleeping, O Lord? Rouse yourself. Do not reject us forever. Why do you hide your face? Why do you forget our affliction and oppression? Our soul is bowed down to the dust Our belly clings to the ground. Rise up. Come to our help. Redeem us for the sake of your steadfast love. When you prayed for your dinner last night, is that what it sounded like? (laughs) The Psalms can teach us how to pray. They can put words to the longings of our heart. Let the Bible be your guide in prayer if you struggle. And another thing here that Paul tells us directly is he says that we should pray And make supplication for all the saints. He says, Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. When you pray, pray for other people. We're called as the church to pray for the saints. And last week while I was praying, I'm going to be honest, I really labored. It did not come easily. Praying was tough for me. I think it probably took me three days before I could kind of get out of my head. But one of the things that led me to kind of push through, to finally feel like I was making some progress, was when I started to pray for you guys when I started to think of of your lives and what God might want for you and what I was longing for from you. And when I started to do that, I really felt like I finally started to pray. I want to encourage you to do that. Pray for each other. Pray for the saints. Pray for His kingdom to come in the lives of your friends and your family. Pray for His blessings to, to pour out on them. And not only that, Paul says very specifically here, he asks that they would pray for Him. Remember Paul's situation? He was imprisoned. He was about to go stand before Caesar. He had this opportunity to preach the gospel. And in that moment, he's writing the church asking that they would pray for him to have boldness. That really encouraged me this week. Because Paul is, he's as bold as they get. preaching right he preached a sermon and the people beat him up and dragged him outside of the city and left him for dead and he still got up and he went back and preached again (laughs) he was a bold guy and here he is saying i'm not bold enough i need you to pray for me and so i want to follow his lead i want to ask you to pray for me You know, uh, I think every pastor needs prayer for boldness. We need prayer to be sustained. This is over 10 years now of, of church planting in the city. It's easy to grow weary. Pray for me. Pray for me to have boldness. For the other pastors in your church. And I was thinking about Steve. He moved here with his whole family, relocated his life. He works two jobs. He's, I think, standing down at the front door or something right now. Pray for Him. He's here for us. He's here to serve this city. Pray that He would be able to to carry out His call. Those are just a few of the things that I want to tell you to pray for. Seek silence. Pray with variety. Pray for others. But whatever it takes, do it. Pray. Be alert. Persevere. That's what Paul wants us to do. He says, We are in a battle. And lastly, I want to ask what is the purpose of our prayer? Any of you guys ever get bullied in school? Now, you're all cool people. I can tell. I got bullied in school. (laughs) No one's surprised. Um, Yeah, fifth grade, I got bullied by a girl. She was bigger than me, you know, and I remember, uh, it's actually pretty hazy, thankfully, (laughs) but I remember it. I remember the experience of being bullied. And, uh, you know, what do kids do when they get bullied? Well, I think most of them, they go and they they tell their dad (laughs) that they're getting bullied. And what happens when you tell your dad that the bully is picking on you at school? Well, your dad, if he's a good dad, he protects you. Does whatever, you know, calls the principal, <laughs> talks to the teacher, says something about it. But he was a really good dad. He doesn't just call the principal, but he also takes the opportunity to talk to his child and, and tell him the truth. When the bully says mean things to you, your father says, I love you. When the bully calls you stupid, your father says, you're not stupid. Those things the bully's saying to you, they're not true. Well, we need to pray because we have this enemy. I've been talking about that the whole time, right? We need to go to our Heavenly Father who can protect us, who can defend us, who can fight for us, because we have this enemy who is out to destroy us. But we also, you know, we need to to pray because prayer is the place where we know the Father's love. Prayer is the place where God speaks truth to us. Where we hear from Him firsthand. Look, guys, all this stuff I'm talking about, all these battles, the daily struggle of life is disorienting. The battle with sin is hard. We stumble. Sometimes we fall flat on our faces. And in the midst of that, we are being pounded by our enemy's accusations that our sin is too great, that we have fallen too far, that we are worthless, that we are beyond hope. But our prayers, they're not only a tool to get God to act. It's not just a tool to get God to fight for us, but it is the place where our Heavenly Father is going to counter the devil's lies. Jack Miller, he says that prayer teaches us that we are sons and daughters of God with a Father who loves us not because we are perfect, but because we are in union with Christ. That's the reason why we pray. We pray to experience our union with Christ. We pray to be reminded that that we don't go out into the world condemned. That we don't stand before God accused. But we live daily under the protection of Jesus' blood. Apart from Christ, it's true. We are condemned. Apart from Christ, we are condemned accused, we are helpless, we are hopeless, we are cursed. But on the cross, Jesus took the curse. On the cross, Jesus took our condemnation, and for every one of us who is in him, every one of us who, who looks to him for salvation, it says that, that that Jesus, that perfect Savior, always lives to intercede for us. And so that means even our, our weakest prayers, Even our most wobbly and distracted and imperfect prayers, even those prayers, when they go before the Lord, God says we can pray them with confidence. We can pray them with boldness. Hebrews chapter 4, you remember it says that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. So let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. And here's the big verse. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Prayer. Reminds us of who we really are. In Christ, we are not outmatched. In Christ, we are not destined for destruction. We are guaranteed grace and mercy and forgiveness. Guys, we are promised victory. Maybe you sing that song and you're like, "We never lose." What's that all about? Well, this is what it's all about. We are promised victory. You will not lose this fight. Do you believe me? Do you believe the gospel? Prayer brings us to the throne of grace where our good Father can say to us, We don't need to fear. He says to you, You are mine. I love you. I won't let you fall. So maybe there's some of you here this morning and and you are in that place where you are on the verge of despair. Maybe you don't know how you can keep going. Maybe you're beaten down by the lies. I want to invite you this morning to hear the truth from your Father. I want you to hear Him speaking confidence to you. Hear His promises for you. And maybe you come here this morning and you are, are trapped in your sin. Maybe you weren't prepared. Maybe you heard these warnings and you didn't pay attention and now your house is burning down. Well, I want to invite you today, if that's you, cry out to Him for rescue. Invite Him to come and save you. But what I really want to do this morning, what I really want to do is beg you to take this seriously. I want to ask you not to stop praying once you start I want to ask you to pray with me right now in just a second, but then I want to ask you to keep praying tonight, (laughs) and I want to invite you to, to pray tomorrow. I want you to remember that we are in a war, but it is a war that Christ has won, and if we call out to Him, we don't need to fear. If you'll join with me, let's pray.